Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart, and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. It is a common misunderstanding to think that eternal life is only a life that we will inherit one day after earth wraps up. But the Bible reveals that the day that we were born of God, we were born from above, that day we received the life and the nature of God himself. The life of God is not just something that we're going to get one day. It's something that has been given to us the day that we believed into Jesus Christ as our Lord, our Master, our Savior. Today, I want to visit with you regarding this theme of life inside of the believer. Not the life that is to come, but the very life that was dispensed into the believer the day that he became a son and daughter of God. What does that life do within you? Well, I want to use a metaphor of fuel inside the tank of a car. As a Christian now, as a man and woman of God wanting to live this Christian life, I cannot live this Christian life. That is, my car cannot have any momentum unless there is fuel in the tank. This fuel in the Christian's tank It's just God himself, Christ himself, the Holy Spirit himself, by way of life. This life is the supply. It is the catalyst within a man. It is the power within a man that causes a man to live out God's economy in the here and in the now. The message will dig into that a little bit, but... I'm going to go ahead and encourage you in a practical way. Number one, what will have to happen to us, obviously, we have to be born of God to even receive the life of God. That life is not innate to our humanity. It's an additional life that we have to receive through faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. But number two, here's what will have to happen if you want that life of God in you to be a catalyst for momentum in your walk with God, to be fuel within your life. You will have to learn to trust that life. It's one thing to study it as though it's a kind of a subject. But really, really, in the New Testament, there's not a lot of explanation as to how that life works within us. All we know that it is real. The apostles speak about it. But they don't give us necessarily step after step after step how we can interact with the life of God in us and and how it will spark energy and power within us. All we know is that it does. But I want to challenge you that if you want God's nature, God's life within you to move and produce energy and power, you're going to have to learn to trust that life. 
Just like we trust the life inside of a young baby to grow an ear, to, let's say, grow an eye, to, to, to mature the limbs and the organs of that young child, the life nature itself has the power to do that. All that the baby has to do is eat and receive, and he will grow with that life nature, um, let's say, hair on his head and beautiful toenails and all the little intricacies of a little tiny baby. The life nature will do that. Just as much as we trust in the natural that that will be the case, you will have to learn to trust in the divine life that God himself will empower you and God will grow through you the divine life. So let's listen to the message, but keep this in the back of your mind. You have to learn to trust God. As the living Father has sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats of me will live because of me. We see a pattern that Jesus Christ had a mission on this earth. There was a mandate, a mission, a purpose. But what you and I do often as we focus on the nuts and bolts of the mission, but we forget that behind it all there was a supply. I live because of the Father. What you hear me say is because of the Father. What I manifest is because of the source. In John 20, on the day of resurrection, the Father has sent me. I'm going to send you. So we get so anxious. How do I live the sent life? But what we should be more concerned about is the supply for the sent life. And here in John 6, Jesus says, I live by the supply of my Father's inward life. And even so, He who eats me, He who partakes of me, He who becomes one with me, He who believes into me, you will live out this mandate, but you will live by my life. That's why Paul says, Christ is my life. I have been crucified. Christ is my living. Christ is my supply. The Spirit is the life-giving Spirit. So, saints, my burden here is for all of us to live a dynamic Christian life. A life of the speaking of God. A life of the miraculous a life of wisdom, a life of mission, a life of serving and giving and preaching, a life of prophesying and a life of just all the fantastic things that God has for us. But my heart initially with you is not to teach you the nuts and bolts of the mandate and the mission and the how-tos, but my heart is to share with you 
the supply. If I can open up my heart and be tender to the supply, I tell you, it's an all-inclusive supply. You will lack nothing. We live not by a characteristic of God. I want you all to get that. We don't live by just a kind of a virtue. We actually live by the very essence of God. That is, we live by the nature of God. In the Greek language, which is the language of the New Testament, there is one word given to describe this life of God. And that word is zoe. It's an awesome restaurant in Birmingham. <laughs> but it's really the Greek word for God's life. So when Jesus says, I have come to give you life, that word is Zoe. When he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, that word is Zoe. When it says, in him was life, this is the word Zoe. When he says, I am the bread of Zoe, the bread of life, this is the word. I am the light of life. You will have eternal life. I have come to give you this abundant life. When it says, he who has the Son has Zoe. We're not just talking about a common kind of life, an earthy kind of a life. The life of my mom and the life of my dad. We're talking about the uncreated, undiminished, untarnished, eternal, all-powerful, not subject to death, life of God. This is what you received when Jesus breathed into you the breath of life. So Zoe denotes God's own life. And I want you to know, the day that you got born again, another life form came into you. Oh, God's life. Not a life form from this earth, a life form from the heavens. You didn't receive a kind of a characteristic of God. You received the essence of God, the nature of God, life. Now, if you are to live out the mandate of God, the mission of God, if you are to live out the purposes of God, the heart of God, if you are to manifest heaven on this earth, if you are to be here as a visible picture of God, then the only way that that will come to pass is, is when God puts His own life in you. For example, in my flesh, in my body, I live out the life I received from my parents. When I was born from my parents, I received some of the essence of my parents, the human life. And now I live out the human life. I talk a little bit like them. I even look a little bit like them. 
I have the skin color a little bit like them. I resemble them. In other words, I manifest something from my parents. The same is true spiritually. You were born of the Spirit of God, and the DNA, the nature, the essence of God was put in you, and so now you will live out the manifestation of God. You will live out His heart, His mission, His mandate, His purpose. You can't lose, saints. Christian life is exhilarating. It's not this boring schlep. Because you live it by the highest life. Hallelujah. Your human body is what we would call the body life. You received your body from your parents. And that word in the Greek is bios. And it means biological life. The blank there, you received physical life from your parents. Physical life. But not only did we receive physical life from our parents, we also received a little bit of an inner life. That inner life in the Greek is suke. And that means solical life. That's your blank. Solical. So we have life in a biological way, which is my outer shell. We also have life in an inward way, which is psychological. Solical. It's the life of the soul. So in my body dwells the human life, the biological life, the physical life, the Greek word bios. And then deeper into my body dwells a little bit of a metaphysical life. That is the solical life, the psychological life. That's where my personality lives and my imagination and creativity and my mind and my will and my emotions and those types of things. When you get born again, you receive another life form into you. It's not physical life, bios. It's not solical life, suke. It is spiritual life that you receive into you. And that spiritual life is pneuma. Pneuma. So there's a sketch there with an outward muscle man. That flesh and blood is what Paul would interpret as just a tent. It's just a house. So your outward body is just a kind of a vessel, a kind of a vehicle. But a little bit deeper into that physical life is suke life. This is the life of your soul, your personality, the life of the self. Now your physical life plus your psychological life is just your created life. 
So I sketch it out. Bios plus suke is just your created life. It's just your created life. Again, Paul would say there, you can see the scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, he speaks about how your body is just a tent, it's just a tabernacle, it's a vehicle, it's a vessel for the indwelling life of the soul. But your body and your soul together is just the earthy life, it's just the human life, it's just the natural life. In short, it's the created life. Now, when you get born again, flip the page, you receive another life into you. Let me back up one second. Why do you stress this, Francois? Okay. Many of us think that to live the God life, I live it by the strength of the natural flesh. So we try to live the spiritual life, but from a physical capability. Paul would say, you had your start in the spirit. Are you going to try to be perfected through the flesh? In other words, you cannot live the spiritual life out through the capability of your flesh. Your flesh is just flesh. It is subject to time and space. Your flesh is entirely earthy. And your flesh, you cannot live out the demand of heaven through your muscle and your capability in the flesh. But so many of us, we want a fellowship with God, we want to know God, and we focus so much on the external vehicle, the external tent. But the heart of the New Testament is that the supply of the Spirit would be the source whereby we live out the Christian life. Paul calls this walking in the Spirit. When you start in the Spirit, you live it out by the Spirit. That's why I make this distinction is that we do not live the Christian life by the strength of your flesh. In the eyes of God, your flesh is just dirt. God is spirit. Dirt is not going to live out spirit. Amen. Amen. It's incongruent, incompatible. It's not of its kind. So many of us, we try so hard in the flesh and then we just beat ourselves like condemn ourselves because we keep failing and then we say ah I'm gonna try harder let me interject church history a little bit you know what we did way back when to deal with our passions and to deal with our lusts is we beat ourselves and we thought that if I could punish this flesh and if I can just subdue this flesh and if I can whip this flesh and I cut this flesh, it's what a lot of people do today. We do these ascetical practices, of course. Why do girls cut themselves? Because they think that if I suffer a little bit in the flesh and I throw up all my food, then maybe God will pay attention to me. That's why we do it. It's just ancient practices reworded, repackaged. 
Back in the old day, people fasted till they were just literally skin and bones, thinking, wow, now I live the victorious spiritual life. So what we then do back in the olden times is we start sleeping on nails, wear cloaks filled with thorns. We cut certain things off. So, so many of us, we feel like if I can only pray on my knees and drag them till they're calloused and bleeding, then God's going to pay attention to me. I'll have strength for the Christian life. Maybe if I just fast for 21 days like Daniel, I'll have the breakthrough that I need. Maybe if like a Pharisee, I make my tassels longer and bind boxes on my arms and foreheads and I say longer prayers. And maybe if I even raise my hands, God will hear me better. Maybe if I shout and spin. Y'all, it manifests in so many ways. But really, what we're trying to do is live by the confidence of the flesh. Boasting in the flesh. And Paul says in Philippians, we are those who serve by the Spirit. We have no confidence in the flesh. Jesus would say, the flesh profits nothing. Actually, go there. Let's look at it. John chapter 6, verse 63. It's like we've got to get some of these foundations just right. Otherwise, we will live a frustrating life. Even though we're born of the Spirit of God, like Paul says to the Galatians in chapter 3, we may be gloriously born of the Spirit, but we're trying to live out this mandate by the strength of the flesh, by bios, by biology, the physical. No, can't do it. John 6, 63. It is the Spirit that gives Life. There's the heart of God again in the New Testament economy. Actually, God's economy for the entire biblical record is to give spiritual life. Zoe, the highest, the divine life will be the combustion engine that drives the Christian life. We want to learn to live. He who eats of Christ will live by that life. Under the regulation of the law of the Spirit, of life. And Jesus says, it's the Spirit that gives you life. And then notice, the flesh profits nothing. The context here is spiritual life. And Jesus says, your flesh contributes nothing really to the spiritual life. So many of us we condemn ourselves so much because we're weak in the flesh. We can't pray for an hour. We fall asleep. And they're in the garden. Remember when we were praying with Jesus for an hour? We fall asleep a first, a second, a third time? Jesus says, yeah, your spirit is willing. You have a heart to guard with me and watch with me. And then he says, your flesh is weak. This is Romans 7. In Romans 7, Paul's heart is so to watch with the Lord and pray through the night. But his flesh is weak. He wants to do the spiritual good God thing. 
but he finds himself living in the flesh thing and he just gets miserable. You and I do it every single day. Either you get mad at your flesh or you get boastful in it. Oh, I'm so disappointed. I missed getting up this morning to be with God. My body is so weak. And so you just stab yourself, condemn yourself. Tomorrow morning you're up like at three. Hey, everybody. Here I am. I had the best time with God this morning, man. I got this thing under control. Even that boasting in the flesh profits you nothing. Paul lived Judaism in the strength of his flesh. Paul arrived at the highest zenith, the highest pinnacle in religion because of determination and discipline. And Jesus would say to him, it profits you nothing. And then Paul picks up that spirit and he says, okay, actually, everything that I've gained in the flesh, it actually profits me nothing. Francois, why are you teaching us these basic things of my flesh and my body? So that we can wisen up. You can live in your body only what you received from your parents. Now, if your parents were God, then you would live out God. But none of us can say, my parents are God. No. We know they're just human. So, you're of their kind. You can only live out the human life. But if you were born from your real parent God, of the Spirit then by that engine, you will live out the spiritual life. You can't use your flesh. It profits nothing. I'm sure by now you are asking the question, well, Am I supposed to do nothing in the Christian life? Absolutely not. This lesson, this truth, is not about your response and cooperation with God as much as it is just trying to identify the strength of the Christian life. And here it is. God is the supply. God is the fuel. God is the strength. But that does not mean that when God supplies you spiritual strength, that he will not be practical with you or cause you to, to walk this out methodically. Again, the issue here today is not the practicalities of it. The issue is, where do you draw your strength from? If you draw your strength from the Spirit of God, then you will live, obviously, out in your body the heart and the mind and the, the will and the burden of God. But if you just live out the mandate of God through the strength of the flesh, then you're going to fail. Perhaps you've failed already. It's not possible. It is not possible to use your earthly members and attain to spiritual, let's say, truths, spiritual breakthroughs or 
spiritual planes and levels that is described in the New Testament. No, you have to learn to receive the life of God, the nature of God, the strength of God into your being by faith. And you have to learn to correspond with it, the appropriate actions to to practically live it out. And we will cover that in due time. I do want to leave you with a closing thought from the book of Romans chapter 8 that deals so strongly with the role of the Spirit of God in the life of the believer. Paul says in verse 12 that we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. In other words, we we have a debt. We, We have an obligation. We have an appropriate response and reaction, but it's not to the flesh. We, we don't owe the flesh anything. My allegiance, my response, my faith is in God, not myself. So we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you must die. When you try to live out the mandate of God through your flesh, you will experience Uh, death. The Bible is very, very clear. Only God's life in you can produce life. Your flesh can only produce flesh. Very simple. Now listen carefully to the latter part of verse 13. If you live according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds and the practices the habits of the body, you will live. Here the Spirit is the fuel that causes you to put down the deeds of the body, to overcome this habit, that addiction, to to, to facilitate this and that breakthrough. So here it is. The Spirit of God wants to flood into your spirit and through your soul and definitely into your body so that your body lives an overcoming life. What I'm trying to teach you is not that you focus from the body inward, but that you focus from the spirit outward. Again, your spiritual life needs to draw spiritual supply that it can get only from God. And by that fuel, by that anointing, by that strength, that heavenly spiritual capacity, you will live an overcoming life in the flesh, and you'll be able to practically partner with God and live out His expression in this earth.